Well, welcome back to Black, White, and Greenfield. This is Zeb Greenfield, uh, your host, as always, with my wife, Leah. Good morning. Good morning. Excited to have not only Leah here, but also our first ever podcast guests are in the room this morning as well. So uh, we've got Leah's parents with us, <laughs> Tim and Joyce Phillips. Yay. Say hello to the audience. Hello. hello. <laughs> <laughs> They're in the hot seat this morning. Definitely feeling the pressure uh, <laughs> of being with us. But uh, I mean, we're excited to have this conversation. Um, it's funny, we've had this conversation a lot just without microphones in our faces. Yeah. So now we get to have it on record. So uh, anyway, I'm excited about it and uh, we're going to get into it. Um, so why don't uh, we do this? I'd love, I don't know who's going to start, but somebody's going to introduce the other person. So Tim, you're going to introduce Joyce to the audience. Sure. I'll, I'll introduce her. Well, uh, this is my wonderful wife, Joyce, uh, of 43 years and 14 days. Okay. Wow. Uh, March 14. So that's a, that's a blessing. And she's the mother of our four children, uh, which Leah, the baby, is sitting right Best here. Best mom blessing ever. To hear on, on air with her. Uh, and she's a retired educator. And hopefully we'll do some traveling, but we'll we'll save that for another time. Okay. But, awesome. Retired educator. All right, Joyce, now it's your turn to introduce Tim to those listening. Okay. Um, well, this man over here is the love of my life. <laughs> Um, he is um, soon to be 43 years married, and he's a great provider. That's what I always appreciated about him is that he provides for his family. He's a good spiritual leader, very hard worker. Um, he's been um, in the military for 20 years and then civil service for 20 years. So okay. he's, he's a good man. Yeah, hard worker. Intelligent and handsome. Did I say handsome? Okay, all right. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for doing that and introducing you guys. Now, so um, obviously, I've known you for quite a while. Uh, I don't even know how long. It's probably been close to 30 years now. Um, <laughs> most of your life. <laughs> most of my life, yeah. Um, and I've kind of heard bits and pieces of upbringings and backgrounds and, and those kinds of stories. I'd love for you guys maybe just to share with those listening. Um, I think we've kind of hinted at some things as far as, you know, where you guys grew up and that sort of thing. But um, if you wouldn't mind to just share maybe briefly where you grew up and kind of what that was like, what childhood was like, or what you remember from your your early days um, growing up in the South in the 60s and 70s. I mean, that had to be Quite a time to grow up and and and, uh, and and a culture to grow up in. So I don't know who wants to go first. Tim, she's pointing at you, so <laughs> it looks like you're right, on that. I, I think her story will be shorter, but uh, I'll go first. Well, I grew up in a little town called Elmore, Alabama. Uh, it's just about uh, 16 miles north of Montgomery. Mm -hmm. Everybody understands where the capital is. And grew up there, left there when I was 17. But growing up, I was grew up in a <clears throat> excuse me, grew up in a strict conservative uh, home. I'll just put it that way. And uh, but you know we you know church was a p big part of our life. Mm. You know we were there. My dad was the chairman of the deacon board, so every time the doors of the church was open. And in fact, we opened the doors of the church. You know, <laughs> yeah. we were the caretakers uh -huh. of the church. So so we were there. Uh, was this was this predominantly a black church? Yes. Okay. Yes, all all black church. W uh, was there a particular denomination that it was? No, Baptist. Okay. We call it traditional 
I call it traditional black Baptist. Okay. Uh, okay. If you know anything about the, the yeah. Baptist churches yeah. in the old days, you yeah. understand. Okay. But uh, yeah, I grew up there. Um, I wouldn't say I was saved there. You know, I, I made a profession of faith when I was uh, 12. You know, it's kind of in those churches you didn't you didn't get have a professional faith until you were mm, 12 you know okay. i guess that was the example okay they say they were following jesus i got you thing you jesus know, in the he, temple at 12 years old right he was in the temple yeah. teaching so i had something to do with that i'm not sure exactly all the details but you know we went forward sit on the morning bench as they call it you know we joined the church and mm. doors of the church were open we joined and uh that's uh life i lived there at the church and um uh, then I was uh, 17, joined the military, mm-hmm. uh, but you wanted to know growing up in Alabama. Yeah, right? it, yeah. what was that like as a, as a kid, as a teenager? I mean, it was now uh, like mid-70s, you know, early 70s, mid-70s, kind of, you know, schools, I'm assuming, were just kind of integrating, and like, what was that like? Well, you know, of course, uh, in the 60s, early 70s, we were right in the middle of the uh, civil rights, mm-hmm. uh, we had Dr. King, uh, and uh, of course, the president, had Kennedy, had just been mm-hmm. assassinated what, mm-hmm. three years before I was born, I think, it was, mm. actually not before I was born. He was assassinated in 63, I was only three years old, mm. and uh, Dr. King uh, was assassinated when I was uh, nine years old. Do you remember that? Well, I, I do remember Dr. King. Okay. You know, my dad, he marched in some of doc, with Dr. King in some mm-hmm. of his marches uh, on Selma. You, a lot of people are probably familiar with the march mm-hmm. on Selma mm-hmm. and all, uh, a lot of the small marches from Selma to Montgomery and okay. different ones. He went to Atlanta a few mm-hmm. times, you know, mm-hmm. the, the ones that were close by. Uh, and, you know, we also, my family was a big part of the integration of school, the school system. Uh, and if you're familiar with, again, with, with that movement, the civil rights movement, you know, uh, George Wallace was the governor of Alabama mm-hmm. and, you know, his stance against, you know, it was black people, mm-hmm. you know, he, he just didn't like them at all. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and the movement of integration, it wasn't only uh, the schools, it was also colleges mm. and all. And, you know, at one time, the National Guard had to be called out to uh, to protect, yeah. you know, blacks going into the universities. And, right. mm-hmm. and a little bit of that kind of trickled down to the school system. Mm. My family was, uh, we integrated a the school system in our area. First, of course, first blacks to go wow. to school. And that was, uh, you know, you heard the, the N-word about, Four thousand times or five thousand mm. times a day, and wow. you know we don't want you here. Get out of here. You know wow. why are you coming here? You know that type of stuff, which didn't really. I can look back and say I guess it didn't really phase me much, um, because you know we just kind of stayed to ourselves. You know. Mm. Then as as the years went past, more and more you know blacks started joining the school. In fact. Uh, and I forgot exactly which year it was. My, if you go back to Stanhope Elmore High School, that's the high school I went to. One of my sisters is the only black person in the graduating class wow. for that oh, the wow. second year, I think it was, of integration. Wow. I have to go back and look at Out that. of how many students, just roundabout? Uh, each year was about 
300, 400 students. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. And in, in our elementary school, uh, I went to all black school at on first grade and started to go mm. to the white schools in second grade. Wow. And in my class, I was the only one. Uh, mm. It was about, if I remember correctly, probably about seven of us in the whole school. Mm. And, you know, it just, you know, people stared at you and it, it was just, just kind of odd. But like, yeah. again, I said, you just kind of mind your own business. We were there to go to school and, mm. you know, lots of fights and stuff like that. You can imagine getting past, yeah. you know, stuff like that on the bus, you know, Rosa Parks. In fact, Rosa Parks was not the first one to, mm -hmm. uh, you know, to go against protest. the protest of yeah. busing. Uh, in in uh, Birmingham, Claudette Covis, you know, she was 15. And nine months before Rosa Parks, if you mm. want to look that up. A lot of people don't know that. but uh, And then, of course, Rosa Parks. And yeah. that's what really got people's attention. Mm -hmm. uh, because if she was in Montgomery, right yeah. in the area. Birmingham was, of course, in Alabama. But Montgomery was the hot spot, yeah. if you will. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because that's where the capital was. Right. Um, but like I say we, we went through all of that. And uh, finally... Got out of school and I joined the military. Mm. Uh, that's kind of yeah. hard group. No, I appreciate right. you sharing that. That's it's fascinating to hear. Mom, how about you? Um, let's see. I was I was born in Texas, raised in Louisiana, uh, in a single parent home. Mm -hmm. My mom and dad divorced when I was about three, and we were raised uh, pretty much. She was a, a working mom, so we moved, I think, three times in our childhood. Um, there were churches on every corner, so we would find a church. Mm -hmm. um, and um, again, like Timothy, um, at age 12, you know, you were baptized and joined mm. the church and as a member. and and uh, So like you, you grew up going to similar type yes, church, same, Southern, Black Baptist? Yeah, Black Baptist okay. church. Okay. Uh, yeah, and so... Uh, my, I knew that there was a God and, and that uh, we were supposed to be good in order to get to heaven, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. And mm -hmm. so that's what I, I grew up in uh, as far as uh, integration. I think I was ninth grade when they um, bussed us to uh, the, the across town to uh, oh, wow. the white schools. Okay. And, uh, I so for remember. The, so for first through eighth grade or kindergarten through eighth grade, you were at a all black all school. All black, yes, okay. all black school. Um, and we lived right down the street, actually, from our high school. But yet we were bused mm. uh, wow. across town. And I remember I, I struggled that year in school because of some things that I didn't, you know, didn't know, didn't learn, knew, mm. and. Um, it didn't really affect me very, very much as far as going to a different school. It's, it's just that um, it was hard. It was hard for me. So we did what have, had to do that year, I think. And then after that, we didn't have to be bused any, anymore. But Okay. Um, so does that mean after, so it sounds like ninth grade year, you went to high school across town. Yes. And then the, the rest of your high school years, you went back to back the school. To the, yes. Was that school yeah. then integrated or was it still? It was still an all black school. All black really. school. Okay. I mean, we had, they, we, 
they had access to come, of okay. course, but it was like voluntarily. So it was required for you to go to the integrated school in yes. ninth grade? Yes. Interesting. Uh, Yes. Whether we liked it or not, like mm-hmm. I said, my high school was right down the street. We could walk, uh, but wow. we were bused across town. Mm. Huh. And mm. they had some like a quota that so many oh. you know, blacks had to be in certain schools. Mm. And of course, it was not an issue with the, as we say, whites, because they were predominantly right. in those schools anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah. So, Mom, do you remember um, when Martin Luther King Jr. was shot? Do you remember kind of... What, was, what do you remember from that? Well, most of my memory came, um, um, information, so to speak, came through television, actually, because we uh, there was no personal interactions there. And so all of my information came from the TV. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't know what I knew came from the TV. And that's, yeah. about, that's yeah. about it. Okay. Do you remember kind of um, maybe what... Um, the aftermath of that or the, the fallout of that. Do you remember any sort of, you know, what was the, the, the emotions like in your family or in your neighborhood or in your school? Um, well, I think the, like the assassination of uh, Martin Luther King, I think a lot of people looked up to him. Mm-hmm. They named streets after him mm-hmm. and so forth. And so to have him assassinated, I think that brought, maybe brought some, uh, a little anger, yeah. Uh, um, not necessarily for me. It was more fear mm. and anger, mm. you know. To yeah. you know, why would somebody do that to somebody that has done so much for other people? Wow, yeah, wow. Well, I appreciate you guys sharing that. It's always, um, I think, for people in my generation, our generation, Leah and I, you know, we sometimes think that that was so far ago so so long ago Mm -hmm. and yet you know you guys lived through that assassination and in that time period Mm -hmm. and um and it it's it's not that long ago it really isn't it's not yeah and so um anyway I'm, i'm sure that that probably has shaped uh, you know, your, your life to some degree and your experience and, and, and all of that, uh, just kind of living through the, the beginning stages of, uh, the civil or not the beginning stages, but the, the middle of the civil rights movement and the beginning of integration and, and all of those things. Um, I want to go ahead and, and jump to this question about, um, your own kids. So you joined the military, Tim at 17 and, mm-hmm. um, you stationed all over the world and we don't have time to probably get into all of that today <laughs> necessarily, but as you began to have, uh, children and, and, uh, mom, feel free to chime in too, but, um, how did you intentionally raise them, um, in such a way in preparation for, you know, marrying anyone, someone, uh, I, I'm curious kind of, was there intentionality behind that? Um, was it just a, a matter of where you were, um, understanding, obviously you guys were in Fairbanks for mm-hmm. a long period of time. You know, I think all of your kids kind of became of age, uh, if you yes, will in right. Fairbanks. Um, but h- how did you intentionally go about teaching your kids, uh, when it came time for them to get married or move out? Um, what was kind of the, the strategy there? Well, for me, um, the strategy, well, the way I grew up and I I left something out, I guess, probably is important to this question. You know, my parents on my mom's side, 
her mom was white. So okay. my mom, half white and Cherokee Indian. Okay. Uh, so the way, and so we had lots of white cousins. I got you. And in our house, you didn't, you didn't talk bad about anybody, mm. you know, because, you know, my dad wasn't having it, you know, he, as, as we used to say, he would take out and skin you alive, <laughs> you know, if he heard any derogatory yeah. you know, thing about any, it didn't matter whether it was yeah. somebody from Africa or yeah. United States. Yeah. You just didn't talk bad about people. Mm. And that was, that was his standard. And of course, you know, cousins. So that's how I grew up knowing my family. Mm. Uh, and the, I guess you, what, integration in my family, if you yeah. will. Yeah. Then the natural thing to teach my children were not really about that, but to make sure that their husband, and we have one son, mm -hmm. so I'll just say make sure that their spouse or the person they was interested in was first saved. Yeah. Okay. Born again, accepted yep. Christ as Savior. And um, that they were whatever that was basically on the standard, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know. Now that I think about it, yeah, that was on the standard. Yeah. Uh, and if that happened, then I was good with it. Okay. Skin color had no. And, and Leah sitting here, if I forgot and mentioned <laughs> that, she'll she'll tell you. But skin color was never mentioned. Yeah. In no. force, so because you grew up in a multi-ethnic mm -hmm. home, you know, to, to having a mom who was um, multi-ethnic in her makeup. Um, for you, that was just kind of an understood, that was just kind of a, a, a norm, right? People are people. Yeah. You know, God yeah. created us all, and we're all created, created in his image. Yeah. So, you know, you can't go wrong whoever you choose, <laughs> in my opinion, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. as long as they are saved. Right. You know. Mom, anything to add to that? Well, yes. Um, just being military um, and moving around, you, you meet um, there's just diversity no matter where you go. Mm. And for me, I taught my wanted to teach my children and taught my children that it doesn't matter what a person looks like. You treat uh, others as if you wanted, how you wanted to be treated. And so um, I didn't, we didn't see skin color growing up. My children, uh, race was not an issue. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, I just had them, again, like Timothy said, to make sure they were saved, whoever yeah. they were interested in. And it didn't, it didn't matter what color their skin was. And, mm -hmm. and we're all one anyway. Yeah. So yeah. that's how it came, it came about. Love it. Awesome. Anything to, to chime in here with Leah? You're just listening. In. No, I just, I mean just what they said growing up i don't even remember you know having any discussions mm. about oh well you know a white person or you know a native person mm -hmm. or yeah anything like that it was just all they were just people mm -hmm. you know yeah so we've we've talked a little bit on on the show already about the opposition that um you know, we have faced and you guys have been a part of, and I think Leah's mentioned, you know, Tim, you having a conversation with our, our pastor and, and some of those kinds of things. So um, I want to kind of move into uh, that specifically as we talk about kind of um, what that was like for you as parents, um, as you um, had raised your kids in, in what we just talked about, and, and now they're they're dating uh, people and, and all of your, all of your children ended up marrying someone who is white, <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, actually, yeah. which is yeah. 
I don't know, ironic to me, but um, <laughs> but how, um, talk about that for a second. What did that feel like as a parent um, to have somebody who, um, or not just one person, but but multiple people who were somewhat opposed to that that concept of of marrying someone of a different color, of a different uh, ethnicity? Mm. Well, you know, I guess ironically enough, it I never remember a person of color having an opposition. Mm. I, maybe they did and just didn't say anything, mm-hmm. but nobody said anything to me. And contrary to what you're probably thinking after I made that statement, there are only a few yeah. of, of, as we say, white people. And I hate using those terminologies because, you know, as as Americans, we we create a race mm. uh, bias or mm-hmm. or we throw up a racial flag when we use skin colors. Sure. Mm-hmm. Right from the beginning. Yeah. You know, on the news, and I'll chase a rabbit here, on the news or wherever, okay, this black person did this, uh-huh. white person did this. You know, I've never heard that when you listen to news in Germany mm. or from any huh. other country. Uh, it's a person did this. It, they'd probably say a man or a lady. Mm-hmm. But it's never a skin color mm. issue. Here, here in the United States, we create a racial atmosphere yeah. just by asking questions and making statements. That's the first thing that comes up. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and I, I got away from your question, but uh, I didn't have any, it was not a big issue based on how I grew up. You know, I grew up in a racial yeah, diverse atmosphere. Anyway, if you if I can put it that way, mm-hmm. so of course people make up the church, mm-hmm. and when you have prejudiced people, you know racial people, yeah, you know, they don't change when Sunday morning comes. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, whatever they were Monday through Friday, Monday through Saturday, they they're still the same on Sunday. In some cases, Wednesday night or whenever you have midweek service. So it was not as big a deal to me as it was to you guys, Mm -hmm. believe it or not, because, of course, I was already married. So that part, you know, was not an issue. But I remember uh, going to different churches and when the children were younger and I was approached about dating. Mm. Uh, of course, won't call any names, but the pastor was asked me because my my oldest ones were close to teenagers, yeah, young teenagers, yeah, and he said, "Well, you know, about this, we we, we hopefully we won't have any any issues with with dating." <gasps> and I I kind of played that off as I well, what what are you talking about? Uh-huh. He said, "Well, well, we'll talk," and I guess my next statement. When I made the next statement, we never had to talk. Mm. I said, well, I hope you're not talking about uh, the Tower of Babel, mm-hmm. you know, where people say that God created different races mm-hmm. and yeah. all this stuff. And he laughed. And again, like I say, we never <laughs> we never had the conversation. Yeah. But you, there was you cut him off at the past there. Right. <laughs> and also, there was never a situation where the children were sure. Yeah. Dating or sure. that I knew about. Yeah. You know, because yeah. they go to different activities together mm-hmm. and all. Uh, but later on, as they grew up, yeah. you know, then 
it was more opposition voiced. Mm. You know, and of course you mentioned mm-hmm. me having a meeting with pastor and all. Uh, that was an interesting conversation because, you know, scriptures were had been taken out of context mm-hmm. over the pulpit, you know, and a statement was made. I never did really understand this one and why it would be made, but I can't prove this in the Bible from the Bible, but uh, yeah. this is, you know, opinion, you know. And we did have a conversation about, you know, Apostle Paul, mm-hmm. you know, preachers preach the word. Yeah. Be instant in season, out of season. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I never seen him or read where he say, preach your opinion about anything. <laughs> sure. and, you know, now people have their opinions. Totally. Right. Yeah. People have their opinions. Totally. But when you, you know, I can't prove this from the Bible, but this is my sermon. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I do have a little issue with that. But uh, again, I knew the Bible, mm-hmm. what the Bible said, uh, and we would teach that to our children. Yeah. You know, if if they had questions, whenever they had questions, I did not hesitate to answer. Yeah. Whether it was contrary to something the pastor had said or mm-hmm. the Sunday school teacher, if it was in the Bible, then that's that's my that was my guide, uh, my law mm-hmm. yeah. that I taught my children. Yeah. Not what the pastor said or whose opinion was this or that. So opinions don't matter. We all have them. Yeah. yeah. You know, and sometimes they don't smell real good. <laughs> yeah. I remember but, uh, those conversations of, you know, just sitting at the table at home after church and, well, dad, he said this. And well, what did you think about that? And he would just go straight to the Bible. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. that was the basis for everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it was not my opinion. Like, well, you know, this, everybody has their opinion and this is my opinion. No. Like Leah said, I went right to the Bible, I looked up scripture. And we expound on those particular scriptures, what's written there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if the Bible don't say anything about it, well, I told them, well, they don't say anything about it. So on that on that note, you would say, I, I think, uh, mm-hmm. I would assume that you would believe there's nothing in the in the scripture that teaches there's anything wrong with two people who are of different ethnicity or different, you know, racial makeup. Uh, getting into a, a marriage and entering into a relationship with one another. Right. Well, you know, and Moses, you, you go way mm-hmm. back to Moses, you know, as, as Moses were leading the, the children <clears throat> of Israel, uh, his sister, mm-hmm. you know, Miriam, people yep. understand, Miriam made a comment about, about Moses' wife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And God stopped that whole movement. Made a comment about Moses' wife because she was... Because she was... Ethiopian. A Ethiopian woman. Uh-huh. Yeah. And we, we, we assume that Ethiopian would probably be black. Yeah. But you know, assumptions, again, that's a Sure. <laughs> but the Bible don't say that. But Ethiop- the Ethiopian woman yeah. that he married, well, God stopped that whole operation for, what was it, seven days, mm-hmm. put her out to camp, gave her leprosy, and told Moses, don't move until Miriam comes back in the camp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was that important to God mm. to, to put a stop to that talk, if mm-hmm. you will. Mm-hmm. At that time, well, then it should be just as important now mm. yeah. to put a stop to that type of talk, mm-hmm. you know, as it was back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mom, anything to to add to that? Um, no. Okay. No. He he answered it sufficiently. <laughs> yes, he did. Okay. <laughs> you didn't awesome. have any feelings when we were, you know, dating. Well, uh, again, um, you guys dating, um. 
I accept. I knew Zeb's family. I knew Zeb, yeah. and I knew that uh, you know, as long as uh, who you're dating is not rebellious, or you know, as as long as they're following God and uh, saved, and mm-hmm. it, the rest didn't didn't matter. Uh, the color of your skin, nothing mattered. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted for at least you know my girls to make sure they're they're taken care of, provided for. Mm-hmm. Um, and being if if the leader of the home is um, is following God, then you know the rest of their the family is going to fall into place. And yeah. so yeah. that's all. That's what mattered to me was that um, that they follow God and, mm-hmm. and not being rebellious or anything like yeah. that. So, so one of the questions that we've gotten from someone in our audience, um, they want to know more about um, how you guys ended up staying at the church um, after the uh, opposition that we've kind of talked about and um, the, the conversation that you've had with the pastor and, and then uh, subs- subsequently two of your daughters marrying someone in the church uh, who was uh, who was white and, and uh, just all of those um, pieces kind of coming together and, and, and you guys made the choice to, to remain at, at that church and, and, and did so for, uh, I don't know, the next 10 years or so, right after we got mm-hmm. married. Um, and so, uh, if you wouldn't mind maybe sharing, um, uh, somewhat briefly, because <laughs> right. again, we could probably talk about this all day, but, but, um, what was it that, um, uh, kept you going to that church and and why did you make that choice when when you know a lot of people would have made the decision to leave you know so any number of reasons why you know they would have uh, maybe left uh, in a, in a situation like that you guys decided to stay what do you think uh, led to that uh, decision well again it for me it goes back to and of course the leader of the home you know it goes back to how I grew up mm-hmm you know, there it would have been very easily to run from situations. Mm. You know, when when you're called the N word, yeah, every day of your life, sure, all day. Uh, and no, we didn't get any cross burning our yard. You know, crosses burning our yard. You know, because my relatives were again, we had yeah. rich relatives. Okay, you know, well to do. I'll put it that way. Yeah. and rich, yes. So. There was nobody burning crosses in our yard and that type of thing because of our relatives. I'm I'm assuming this, sure. uh, which well, which was a good thing, but you know we still faced opposition of school. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, everybody at school didn't know my relatives. Mm-hmm. You know, they look at our skin color and okay, right, make assumptions, right, make assumptions, and yep. you were one of them. You know, right. So, but you know, it would have been easy to run from that. And be defeated. Uh, fast forward to church. Yeah. You know, opposition, it's easy to run from it mm-hmm. and say, okay, I got away from that. But the opposition's still there. Mm. I think the best thing to do to overcome situations like that is to remain in the fray, so to speak, and deal with it. Of course, you know, you have the conversations, you know, Bible tells us if we have an issue with a person, yeah. you know, we, we go to that brother, yeah. you know, ourself, and then we talk it over, which, which I did, mm-hmm. and 
It's up to them to change, mm. not me. Mm-hmm. I met my responsibility. So, you know, we, we serve a big God. Yeah. And if he can't straighten it out, mm-hmm. then it can't be straightened. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, sin is sin. Mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, minimizing or dismissing that and saying a person can remain in sin, which sometimes we do. Yeah. You know, Christians remain in sin. And that's just one of those areas, you know, racism, prejudice, it's all it all has its root yeah. in sin. Yeah. Uh just nowhere around it. Right. That that's the answer. Right. So if I'm gonna run from that situation, I can't run from all sinful situations because they're gonna be wherever you go. Mm-hmm. So I, I chose to remain there at one reason stability for the family mm-hmm. okay to let them know that you don't cut and run mm-hmm. when things are not going how you may think it should go sure uh but then you don't put your your family in danger mm-hmm. no, and i didn't see any danger for his physical harm ha- coming to them yeah. based on uh you know, a couple of pe- a couple people's you know prejudice and mm-hmm. racism and all. Mm-hmm. But uh, also, I guess I should throw this at there. There was a lot of the majority of, as we say, white people in the church. Yeah, that had no issues with us yeah. or you and Leah and you know my other daughter. Yeah, uh, and son-in-law. So it, we had this one situation or this one founding member of the church came to me and said, wow, I'm so excited about uh, your daughter mm-hmm. getting married and uh, congratulations and all, and and the wedding gonna be here and all, and I'm glad, I'm glad the wedding's gonna be here. I said, well, the pastor's not gonna perform the ceremony. And this person, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I thought sure, you know, that, it, all this stuff will be put behind us, and uh-huh. I'm not saying exactly the same sure. words that they said, but uh, this would be racism would be put behind us. And I said, "Well, hey, we continue to live, yeah, you know." And I just left it like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, well, I I definitely have to commend both of you uh, because. Um, <laughs> that I don't know if I would have had the same uh, response or or necessarily done the same thing that you did. So I yeah. I definitely have to give you the respect for for that decision and and you know obviously the the easy thing like you mentioned is to is to run the easy thing is to mm-hmm. is to go somewhere else and and to leave. But um, you know you did the hard made the hard choice and and made the hard decision to to stay you know for the for the betterment of you know your family and and for what you 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 know just described, right. And stood for and everything. Um, so as we wrap up, um, we, we do this thing every episode where we, mm-hmm. we talk about what we're learning. So I don't know if you guys are, are ready to share. <laughs> Mom, we'll go to you first since oh, no. Tim's kind of been doing a lot of talking. <laughs> want to give him a break for a second. Um, but, uh, what have you specifically been learning maybe from your children's spouses or families? Is there anything over the years you're, I think you're, how, how long has your oldest daughter been, been married? I'm putting you on the spot. Um, 16 years, 16 years. Okay. Yeah. I was trying to remember and I couldn't yeah. remember exactly when it happened. So, yeah. um, is there anything that you've kind of just 
picked up on or learned um, from us, <laughs> from mm-hmm. your your children's spouses or families? Well, again, I like to add one one yeah. thing real quick uh, about the church and why we stayed. There were there were more pros uh, of the church mm-hmm. as far as than than cons. I mean, um, the Bible was preached. Mm-hmm. Um, um, scripture songs, there mm-hmm. were uh, mission outreach, mm-hmm. you know, so there was a lot of things, positive things in the church for me as a mom that made made me want to stay there. Sure. Um, um, we've always wanted just um, a small small town atmosphere, yeah. church and everything to yeah. raise our raise our children and that's why we stayed yeah. there in Fairbanks. Um, now, what I learned um I think mine is more spiritual than uh-huh. anything else. Okay. Uh, um, having cancer three times, God, God wow. is is number one. Wow. And and that's what I would want to. I wanted to pursue in raising my raising the children, and that they know that you know they have a praying mom, grandmother, grandchildren mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. well. You know um, that they can always turn to God for whatever. Um, problems, situations they may have, and that uh, that the great commandment, love God with all of your heart, and then yeah. love others. If you do those two things, the yeah. rest just falls into place. For sure. So yeah. That's that's what I kind of drew away from. Yeah. yeah. No, and I know um, our girls absolutely love having a Nana who's around and <laughs> a part of their lives and yes. praying for them. So, um, mm-hmm. man, it's just a blessing to yeah. see that in action. So thank you. Thank you for, um, and man, just, I mean, talk about cancer for three times. I mean, that's just incredible. Mm-hmm. The, the, the spirit that you've maintained through that entire yeah. process yeah. is, uh, obviously a reflection of the work that God has done inside now being reflected, yeah. um, in, in difficulty in tough circumstance. So thank you. All thank right. you for You're that welcome. testimony. Tim, anything that you have learned or are learning uh, with regards to... Sure. Well, before I get into learning real quick, um, you know, if we had not stayed, mm. we wouldn't be talking about this now. Mm. So with the with the thousands of uh, yeah. fans that you have out there... <laughs> I don't know about th- thousands. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it hopefully get that way. But, uh, you know, we're talking about it now. Yeah. And people can learn from it. Totally. You know, and people didn't didn't even know anything was happening. Yeah. Maybe it sheds a little light, light on it. Yeah. Okay. And and uh, I know you want to close out here. So things that I'm learning. Wow. All these beautiful <laughs> granddaughters yeah. I have. And uh, well, we got uh, a full dozen, uh, not only granddaughters, but yeah. grandchildren. Yeah. And every single one of them are... Have a little lighter skin uh-huh. than I do, yeah. Which is which is okay with me. Yeah, it's um, a beautiful. I just I, mm-hmm. I remember that picture that we took a couple Christmases ago when all the the grandkids were yes. together, yes. yeah. And just a beautiful mosaic of caramel colored skin yes. and curly hair mm-hmm. and brown eyes, mm-hmm. and it's just a beautiful picture, in my mm-hmm. my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what I'm learning, I guess, is you know, it don't matter. Again, that color skin has never been mm-hmm. an issue with me. Mm-hmm. But I look at I look at my grandchildren sometime, and I say, "Wow, you know, these are the smartest children that's <laughs> on the planet." For as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. 
uh, am I learning that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I just, I'm a little prejudiced there myself, yeah. you know, about yeah. that. But, uh, <laughs> but, you know, they can be, they're happy. Uh, they have great mom and dads, uh, best mom and dads in the world, <laughs> you know, contrary that to you, one of them. Thank you. You know, I, I think I have the best sons-in-laws and, and daughter-in-law that yeah. you could ever have. Wow. Uh, just hands down. What am I learning? That's a hard question. Yeah. I'm just learning to be content with the things that God has given me in uh, family. Yeah. And, you know, I just do anything for them. Yeah. So. Awesome. Well, thank both of you for sharing today. Um, I know this was uh, anxiety-filled uh, <laughs> experience, maybe. Somewhat, somewhat. So hopefully, uh, you know, I, I definitely know that people will appreciate um, all that you've shared, both from the very beginning to, to, to the end, right? And, and I think that a lot of people will benefit from this conversation. And I just want to thank you again for, for coming on and joining us, sharing your perspective with, with our audience as far as your involvement in our lives, because you are involved in, in our mm-hmm. lives as, as parents, as grandparents, and uh, just like I mentioned already, a huge blessing to our girls and to all of your grandkids. Uh, I know they love uh, love and adore you. So thank you so much for, for joining us. And uh, thank you guys for listening. We will be back again in a couple of weeks with the next episode of Black, White, and Greenfield. So for now, thanks for listening. We'll, uh, we'll see you again next time.